Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. My guest is Rachel Elner. Rachel, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Thanks, Kevin. It's great to be here. Please uh, share a little bit with our audience of who Rachel Elner is. <laughs> um, I'll give you the short version as much as I can. Hey, it's so, your time. <laughs> so I was actually born and raised in Israel, um, but I lived in the States from the age of five to 13. And then I went back to Israel for my high school years and then the army, which is mandatory there. And then I came back to New York, the States for undergrad, ended up staying for grad school, law school, and then ended up settling down here. Um, from the age of five to 18, I actually worked as a professional actress. That was like my whole purpose and life and passion. Um, I kind of just fell into it very naturally. And, you know, I know there are so many people who are like, I don't know what my passion are. And then there are those people who from age zero, you know, knew they wanted to be a dancer. Knew. So I was kind of that person in the acting world. Um, and then it gradually shifted to a point where I was like, wait, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what my passion is because I love this and I love that. And I, <laughs> So I ended up um, in the army in Israel when I went back after high school. I went to performance high school. I continued with the acting path and career. And then in the army, I ended up being in the film production unit of, of the Air Force. And I um, kind of fell in love with being behind the camera rather than in front of it during that time. And so that's the beginning of like when my trajectory started to pivot a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I'd always been fascinated by the entire process of filmmaking or theater, you know, reading plays. And I always stayed on set watching the director and the writing. So I always loved the whole process, but this was like my, my opportunity that just kind of fell in my lap by being in the film production unit of, of really saying, you know what, I want to, I want to take a shot at being behind the camera rather than in front of it. Right. And that led to NYU undergrad film school, which was an incredible four years. Um, and then I reached this um, quarter-life crisis at the age of 25. I thought I coined the term at the time, but of course I did not. Um, you know, and I, I thought I would have had conquered the world by then. And, and I'm like, I, I thought I would have conquered the And I didn't, you know, and I, for the first time in my life, I'm like, I, I'm not sure really what, where my path is supposed to take me, what I'm supposed to do. I'm not where I thought I would be at this ripe old age of 25. <laughs> Um, and I sort of made um, a strategic decision to go to law school. Um, I'd always loved the sort of way of thinking, the legal way of thinking, mm -hmm. analytical thought and logical thinking and reasoning. Um, and, but quite frankly, it's not like I decided, oh my God, my dream is now to become a lawyer. No, I just really thought it would be a great um, sort of tool under my belt. Um, to, and I knew I wanted to be in the world of storytelling, filmmaking, media, but I wasn't sure, did I want to be on the business side of it? Did I, did I want to be on the, you know, creative side of it? I'd worked at a talent agency along the way, all this stuff. So, and I loved law school, you know, I loved, I have always loved academia and studying and learning new things. Um, and I did practice entertainment law for a few years. Um, and then I found myself married and pregnant and miserable. <laughs> I had my dream job on paper as an entertainment attorney. Um, I was bringing this new life into the world, first experience of being a pregnant, soon to be mother. And I just kind of took stock of, okay, this is not the way it's supposed to be. I'm, I'm, I have my dream job on paper. I sort of, I checked off all the boxes of everything I wanted to achieve. I got to where I want to get. And now I'm embarking on this 
very you know important new stage of, of becoming a mom and I'm bringing a person into this world and I'm I'm miserable like I'm not fulfilled not even close to fulfilled I'm, I'm you know I was running the rat race I was working long hours and I, not that hard work I, I thrive on pressure and I right. love working right. hard when you're in love with something and when you're doing something purposeful and meaningful but I wasn't I didn't feel like I was and I just felt very mis in hindsight, I'm using this language at the time, of course, I wasn't aware of it, but I felt very misaligned with sure. my truth, my purpose, my passion. And then I ended up moving with my family to Florida. I took a few years off from my career, became a full-time mom and wife, loved it, was content for a while until I wasn't and sort of started itching to that other part of me, you know, the, the other part of me that was not just a wife and not just a mom, not that those things aren't the most important and fabulous things in the world, but I crave that because we're all multifaceted, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So I segued back into sort of career world um, through my um, my at the time my husband's uh, real estate business, uh, no longer my husband, um, and that led to an opportunity to be on a real estate reality TV show, and all of a sudden, and I did legal work in you know, I had a, my license in Florida as well as mm -hmm. New York. So it, it right. kind of was a, a, it was a great transition back into the working world. Yeah. But it was, it was his world, you know, it was his passion. Um, but all of a sudden I found myself on this reality TV show in the real estate industry. Um, and, and I was like, oh my God, this is my world. I, I almost forgot, like just being on a set again, just being in, with those kinds of people again. And, and in that environment again, it like, ignited this this spark that was always in me but that was kind of dormant for a little while and i failed to mention that the other seed to leading to where i am today and what i'm doing was while i was right before i sort of quit when i was pregnant and i was like i'm miserable this is not the life i want something's wrong here and i quit my job i quit being you know my dream job of being an entertainment lawyer with all these like sexy high profile clients and premieres and like it was on paper perfect. And I was like, no. So right before that happened, I had an intern that I hired at the firm that I was working at, um, who I had become sort of a mentor to while he was interning at the firm uh, because he really wanted to become a producer of films and he, and a writer. And so he would bring me his screenplays and I would like, and this was like fun for me. This was, you know, I loved it. And so he called me up. He had he had long since finished his internship, and he called me up right before I quit. And he said, um, "You know, I'm 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 finally producing my first short film, and I want you to direct it." And I said, "Well, I don't know if you know, but I had already decided, but I hadn't officially quit yet." I said, "I don't know if you know, but I'm actually I'm leaving, you know, the firm," um, and based on the dates you just gave me, I'll be literally eight and a half months pregnant by the time we shoot, but okay. And so I, I, I did that. I directed this short film when I was eight and a half months pregnant, you know, had just quit, you know, this sort of very corporate world, legal job. Sure. Um, and wow. I mean, that was really the first spark that got reignited in me even though i didn't know it at the time you know right. one of my favorite quotes is steve jobs quotes you know you can't connect the dots looking forward but you could only connect them looking backwards so exactly and at the time i wasn't i just had a blast 
But looking back now, that really was the first seed to creating what I've created today and what I'm working on today. And then that second seed was sort of that experience on the reality TV show while I was in the real estate world on the legal side. Um, and that led to um, eventually, I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna start this new thing. Like, I, gotta, I gotta reconnect with you know, who I really am and my truth and my passion. And it, and it kind of evolved from there. From there I'm sure as you know, and you speak to so many entrepreneurs, so much of it is sort of pivoting along the way. And right. you, you, you know, my my initial vision for, for Siopa and, and what I've created and what I am creating, some of it's sort of the core stuff stays the same, but but it's 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 veered and steered and still is in so many different directions. And you know, nothing's you wasted. Also, I mean, nothing's wasted. I mean, it, like you said, when you look back, it's like all the pieces kind of fit together to create the, the grand master plan. But before we get into Siopa, I want to ask you a question because I'm really curious about the about the decisions, you, you know, the kind of the the, yeah. the meandering decision that you said, okay, so I was in film school, or I, I, yeah, I, I got my undergraduate at, at NYU, then I was, um, I also was in the Israeli Defense Force with uh, doing, you know, film production. And then all of a sudden you just kind of skipped over and said, and then I went to law school. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a pretty dramatic shift. And it's, it's like you were kind of in the creative space. And then all of a sudden you said, no, nah, I'm going to go to law school. Was this, was this driven by the fact that you're just internally driven and you just want, it was another challenge or was there a plan to go to law school? I was going to do this with it. Never. So, so the answer to your question, and by the way, the answer I believe to every question is it's always both. <laughs> no, really. You're going to go into politics uh, next. <laughs> no. Let me answer that by saying this. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mentioned before, we are all multifaceted and yep. you mentioned um, just a minute ago that nothing went to waste, sort of it all came together and connecting the dots. And, and that's true. To, in answering this question as well, because you know, I always had this this dichotomy with, the, and I believe there's this dichotomy to everything and every one of us, and what applies to the macro always applies to the micro as well. But for me personally, um, I always had this dichotomy of, well, besides the Israeli and American, mm -hmm. I also always had this dichotomy of, you know, this creative artist, and I grew up in that world of theater and. My, you know, I had this huge circle of friends that were those theater types and artists and dancers and and yet there was also always this side of me that was very studious, very academic. Um, I also, when I lived in the States from the age of five to 13, I went to a Jewish Hebrew day school. And one of the things we study there is, is it's called Gemara or in the American accent, Gemara, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, a very that's when I first fell in love with sort of logical thinking and analyzing. And at the time, I mean, I was very young, but I loved it so much. And, and I had a, a, a innate skill set for it, I suppose, that people recognized. And I used to, people used to tell me, oh, you should become a lawyer. You think like a lawyer, you think, you know, and I, I never dreamed of being a lawyer. It was never in the plan to answer your question. But when I got to this stage of my quarter life crisis, as I told you, I graduated from film school. I'd worked in the industry um, on the production side, on the agency side, um, so, so sort of like the business side. Um, and I just, nothing was sort of 
lighting me up. Nothing felt right. And I also, I'm just naturally very driven and ha always have been. And so I was like, okay, I'm not where I thought I would be now. And, and things aren't sort of lining up. And so, you know, I lived at the time in the village right by NYU Law School. Um, and I remember, it's so funny, I haven't thought about this in so long, great question. Um, I remember during this sort of brief period where I was taking stock of, okay, where am I and where do I want to go in this quarter life crisis period, I took a walk down to, which was like literally two blocks down to the NYU Law School by Washington Square. And I sort of just had this moment of almost divine intervention, if you will, of like, I pictured myself and I envisioned myself just becoming a student. And, I, and again, I always loved the structure of school and studying and learning new things in academia. Sure. So it just became this like, oh, it just, it lit me up. The, I, the notion of going to law school just lit me up. And then I thought about it a little more rationally and logically, you know, combining my creative artist side with my sort of very diligent, disciplined, logical and analytical side. And I'm like, this is a great strategic tool because no matter what I end up doing in the world that I love so much, whether it's on the business side or the creative side or both, this will always, like I can't lose. It, it'll only add to my skill set, my tools, my learning, my growth. And again, I don't know that I would have put it in those terms at the time. Um, I'm saying this now in those terms, looking back with the knowledge and the experience that I've gained. Right. Um, but but that was really the gist of it. If, if you I, are you are a rare find. I mean, you're a unicorn. You you are a disciplined creative. You know, there are very few disciplined creatives that are that really. I mean, because normally in the startup world, you have either the creative or you have the discipline, and the creative is generally number one, and the disciplined person is the is the number two that says. Give me your vision and I can put it into practice because you can't do it alone. You know, the, the creative just generally doesn't have that skill set. And you have, whether you were born with it or you've developed it, you have a very well-rounded, comprehensive skill set. Well, I don't know. I Thank you, first of all. Second of all, I think, I think every, again, I do believe we're all multifaceted and I think sure. we all have these creative sides to us and we all have these you know, sort of the left brain and the right brain. We, it's just what have we cultivated throughout our life and what has our life experiences and opportunities enabled us to cultivate. Right. So right. I think because of the way I grew up and the different cultures and the different backgrounds, I was able and lucky enough to be able to cultivate both more or less equally or at different stages, you know? Um, and I, I think that there's, there, you know, everything is a double-edged sword. So mm -hmm. in addition to what I just said, I also think that while it is a blessing in a lot of ways, and, and, I'm, I, it's, uh, and I recognize that and I appreciate you saying that, sometimes I feel like I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> so do you know what I mean? Because of course you do. <laughs> some, days, some days the artist in me and the creative and the, and the one that doesn't like structure and the non-linear thinking, you know, I... I dominates to the detriment of like what I need to get done and, and, and vice versa. So it's, if there's one word that you'll hear me say a gazillion times over and over again, it's balance. And again, here too, it's, it's just finding the right balance 
between all the different sides of us and the dichotomy of us and everything around us and the, the, the double-edged sword part of everything. Actually, you know? I think it's more than that. I think it's, I think the, a word I would, I would use and just kind of seeing your, and just the very short, you know, introduction to your path here, I would almost look at it as integration. I can't believe you just said that word because that is my favorite word in the whole entire world. That is what I love most of all, above all else. Literally, it is the integration of different ideas, of different concepts. It is the integration of the different parts and facets of ourselves. Right. That's my favorite word in the entire world. And that that's what light, lights me up. And that's the common denominator between like the law and the real estate. And Absolutely. The film and the, it's integrating all that. You know, I always say wisdom and knowledge is fungible because what you learn in one area of your life, whatever your experience or, or whatever you're doing, it can always be applied to this area. And then when you combine those two things, you create something new and you create something out of nothing. And that's what lights me up more than anything else. And that is the common thread and denominator between all the different, like, wait, that seems so, you're an actress and then a lawyer and then a film. That's the common thread. That's, that's why though that you're a unicorn you because that. you're a, a unicorn really does understand how to call on the, the, uh, the necessity of it's, if you're, if you're talking about balance, it's like, it's like you have to give away to gain on either side. It's almost like a, like a seesaw or a You're balance scales, happy. but right. integration says, I'm going to call on what I need to call on at the moment. And mm. you have, you obviously have an innate ability to say, I'm either calling on my creative side or I'm calling on my, you know, the objective driven side at any given moment because and that's what i think i mean i'd love to get into kind of get into the idea of you talking about that, but that's a great thing you. you know that this saying yeah, okay this is this is exactly why i'm successful at doing what i'm doing so let's kind of transition into that and tell me about what you're doing now um okay so i told you i i i was on this reality tv show i was not even in my world. I was working on the legal end of, of in the real estate world. I also got my, you know, my, my, my uh, agent license at the time. And, and Classic I- Classic underachiever. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a double-edged sword, you know? And, you know, I think Siopa in a lot of ways saved me. Um, and helped me more than, you know, I created. I mean, yes, I created it, but it sort of created me in a way. Um, and and I, can't, I can't ignore your comment about, you know, being an overachiever because I think so many people today, we live in such a culture that emphasizes the overachieving and the productivity and, you know, the status Grind. of yeah. and the drive. And, you know, that used to be one of my highest values of ambition and conquering the world and, you know, in, in a, not in an evil sense, but, right. you know, and I think that's part of the reason, part of the reason why so many people are so unhappy. Mm, burned so out. Yeah. So burnt out and stressed and anxious and mental disorders and depression and anxiety. Because Absolutely. with all our focus on, and again, lack of balance of mm -hmm. integrating mm -hmm. different aspects of ourselves and of life, we've become so overly focused on the achieving right. that we've forgotten about the fulfillment and the meaning and the purpose and the truth of ourselves mm -hmm. and our souls. And 
that never ends well, you know, and, and there's so many stories that can illustrate this of pick, pick whatever genre you like, you know, whether it's the, the, the successful entrepreneurs and business people or the celebrities, the actors, the singers who reach the pinnacle of success and achievement in, in their field. And, you know, we're literally miserable to the point of like suicide exactly. or mental health yeah. or just burnout. And, you know, there's, there's this um, expression that, that has been, you know, sitting in the back of my mind a lot lately, which is so many people climb, they climb that ladder and they finally reach the top of the ladder only to find that the ladder has been leaning against the wrong wall the whole time, mm. you know? And so I got to a point in my life where I, I was not aware of any of this yet. Right. I, I would, I just come back into the career sort of tapping in back into the career me right. and that part of me in the real estate world. And then I was on this reality TV show and, and, lit a spark because I was on a set again and I was, you know, with camera people again and directors and it's like, oh my God, these are my people and I forgot <laughs> this is my world. And my tribe. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you know, and it it was a reality TV show and I was a real estate agent on the reality TV show. So it wasn't like a creative in the sense of the work that I had done in that, but it was still my world. It was still, you know, it it, it just lit something up in me and and I just, I mean, it's almost like when I'm, you're asking me and I'm looking back and I'm thinking about it, it's almost as if it happened in an instant, which I know it didn't because it was somewhat gradual, but in a very short period of time after that experience, I decided to create Siopa, which mm -hmm. again, at the time, what, how it started is a little bit different than what it is today, but at the core, it's still the same. Um, and I really, at the core, the, the part at the core that stayed the same and is still the same is I realized, because I had this huge epiphany, I said, I want to inspire people to connect with their passions, to really mm. do what they love and go out there and realize all their dreams and live, you know, not live other people's passions. Right. You know? Exactly. So, so yeah, does that answer your question? Absolutely. And, and I think, I mean, as we get into this and you kind of unpack it a little bit more, I, I mean, I, I don't want to get ahead of you, but I mean, it just seems like it, what you just were, were talking about, about the burnout and the stress and the, you know, overwork and, and just fatigue, mental and emotional fatigue. Um, if you don't find that integration in your life, I mean, it's, and it's a life integration. If you don't find that then, I mean, the, the result, the achievements will not offset the stress. You know, there's no financial achievement that, that you can't make enough money. You can't own enough houses. You can't take enough vacations to offset that. So Never. You know, walk us in kind of through your business plan and, and um, finish what you're you going to say, but this is your show, yeah. but, and then, <laughs> then kind of walk us through the kind of the business behind Siopa. The vision. Okay. Yeah. Um, so where it started and where it is today is different, but I just have to say that, you know, for a lot of people, it is that overwhelm and that stress and that burnout, but that it actually wasn't that for me. And so I just, I just want to paint another picture of what it could also look like, mm -hmm. um, because it's important that people are aware of it so that right. they can up to it and do something about it. You know, for me, um, it was more of this disconnect that I felt mm. like this lack of passion and in case you haven't noticed, I'm a very passionate, emotional person. 
with high energy and I, I kind of was like, I, I forgot what that felt like to, to really be working on something that you love so much that it doesn't feel like work, you know, and, and, and that integration of, of not work life, you know, but rather they're one in the same, you know, and I, I don't know if you know, but in the chapter of the book that uh, it's not so new anymore, it's a few months ago came out that I co-wrote. I say, I don't call it work-life balance. I call it work-life integration. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. You know? And so for me, it was just this feeling of lack of meaning. Um, I felt like, I don't feel like I'm, what I'm doing really matters. I don't feel like it has real meaning and purpose and passion behind it. And I just wanted more of that. So I wasn't necessarily at that point in time, I think I was more burnt out and similar to those feelings back sure when I was working as a lawyer, but at this stage, when I really decided to create Siopa and did start it, it was, it was this kind of like, almost like numbness, mm. you know? Um, and I think a lot of people feel that too. You know, I just don't want people to think, oh, if I'm not feeling stressed and burnt out, then, then, you know, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cruising. But there's a lot of people who don't feel the stress and burnout necessarily, but they feel it in a different way of this, like kind of just going through the motions and, yeah, I have a good job and I like what I do and, you know, eh, like life shouldn't be, eh. Yeah, that's a great clarification. That, that <laughs> I, I'm really glad that you kind of added that on because you're exactly right. It's, I mean, it's, it's too limited to talk about people that are just, you know, burned out at the end of their rope, you know, so to yeah. speak. So there's that, there's, there's certainly that sure. aspect of it and there's those people, but, and sometimes it's both like, that sucks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's different seasons of life. You could go through the, the, the same path in two different ways for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk about the, the, the business side of things and maybe who your ideal client would be. <laughs> so when I first started, um, again, it was more about really, um, it, it wasn't so much in the field of like wellness and well-being and personal development and personal growth and more of like the spiritual element to it, which it is today. Mm -hmm. um, and and I and again, that's one of the things that I think Siopa like saved me and helped me in that way because Siopa took me there. Like personal development principles and spirituality. I was always very connected to like spirituality concepts, um, and I always loved philosophy and psychology. Um, but I never immersed myself in the world of personal development and personal growth by any means. In fact. Being the, you know, conditioned, overachiever, ambitious, like I'm going to do everything right and status and title and role and I'm a lawyer and blah, blah, blah. I, and perfectionist, you know, I, I was almost a snob actually about, you know, that whole world, which it used to be called self-help today. It's just, yep. it's, it's much broader because right. it's so much broader than just where it started from self-help, but I used to kind of be like, oh, that's for, that's for broken people. That's for lost people. That's for people who don't know what they want out of life. That's for people who don't know who they are. That's not for me. I don't need that stuff. God, was I wrong. You know? <laughs> but so, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. So my, my journey with Siopa, when I first created it, I, I didn't envision at that point in time for the first two or three years, it wasn't at all about personal growth, self-actualization, personal, which is such a big part of what it's about today, right? It was really just about 
do what you love and connect with your passions and you know which again is a big part of how you can achieve that fulfillment and meaning and purpose that are that all that is tied to personal development and self-actualization yep. principles but it's kind of it's starting on a surface level which is fine you know i i feel like you have to go through the process of whatever you're going through and it's you have to start at a certain surface level and when i say surface level that's not bad you know it's as you grow and as you learn and as you discover you go deeper and deeper and deeper you can't start at the deep end right. it, it just doesn't work that way you know right. um so um i have the the main place that people can reach me is on the website which is siopa.com what I do today is I curate and I create content. So articles, videos, resources, other thought leaders in the space. Um, and it still is at its core about inspiring and empowering people to go after their dreams. But it's very much rooted in these self-actualization principles and concepts, personal development, personal growth, and, and that sort of spiritual well-being and mm -hmm. um, it's, it's kind of integrating, I guess, the achievement in the real world because we live in the real world and we are real people with real identities and things that drive us and don't and limitations, you know, and there's psychology within it and philosophy within it, but we're also, you know, mind, body, and soul. We're also spiritual beings and our soul and our hearts, whatever you want to call it, whatever terminology works for you they're just as wise, in fact, wiser, um, as our traditional education or our brains or like the logical side, right? That the right. dichotomy that I right. talk about, it's both. It's, it's learning how to listen and be aware of and then integrate both, all the sides of you, all the facets of you. So it's spiritual concepts, it's, um, you know, connecting with your truth and, and list, learning to listen and trust your intuition and your heart and your gut, but it's also, and then integrating it and how do you apply that in the real world, practically speaking and taking action. And, and there's no, there's, it's, it's like, we live in a world that compartmentalizes and, and segregates everything, right? It's either good or bad. It's in this box or that box. It's like, no, it's always both, you know? So mm. there's nothing wrong with being productive. There's nothing wrong with wanting to achieve tangible goals, with wanting to achieve a certain status. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's if, if you focus too much on that and exclude the other side of you, then that's when it becomes a problem and you have that burnout or that right. lack of right. You know, so it's integrating both. So I curate content and resources and I create content and resources, whether it's videos or articles. Um, and obviously I'm on social media platform. I have not yet monetized. So, um, you know, and, and I could do a whole hour on the reasons why, including my own personal, you know, limiting beliefs and, you know, I'm on a journey too. I'm not there yet. I, I don't think we ever reach there. And that's the beautiful part of it. It's like this, never ending improvement and, and just getting better and reaching our higher selves and awakening. And, um, and there's also a very strategic logical reason why I haven't yet monetized, you know, 
Um, and I'm at a point now, and this ties into, I know you want to go there at some point, um, you know, where we are in the world today um, with COVID and the pandemic and mm -hmm. everything going on in the world. Um, we're in this transitional phase as a, as a, as a global community. Exactly. In different ways. And I'm also, you know, again, it's usually whatever happens in the macro happens in the mm -hmm. micro. And I too, with Siopa, with my journey with Siopa, also in my personal life, but certainly with my journey with Siopa, I'm in this transitional phase now where I've kind of taken a step back during this period of this transitional period, which, which I think is so important for all of us, you know, on a personal level too, right. you know, again, that mindset of like, achiever and doing and going and being productive and achieving we forget those of us who are conditioned that way we forget to slow down sometimes mm. and it seems counterintuitive to someone who's like you don't waste time and productive and go achieve and another degree and another this and another status but it's it's actually it's the opposite of count it's 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 more productive to sometimes sometimes when it's right and you know everyone is at different stages to kind of take a step back and reassess and reflect and wait, is this, is this, I'm heading in this direction. Is this still what I really want? Is this really the right path? Is this really the best way? Maybe I want to do it this way. Maybe, and it's just constantly reassessing the integration of all the different right. parts of what I want to accomplish and what I want to do with it. So I'm working on a book. I, I co-authored this book that came out a few months ago. Now I'm working on where, you know, just my own book. There's a digital course I'm working on. I'm, do, I'm working on a lot of collaborations, but I've, I've kind of slowed down with the creating and the curating the content, the new mm -hmm. content, um, a little bit so I can focus on developing these new offerings and, and hopefully figure out when and how I, I first want to start monetizing. I, I have no I have doubt you'll problem. figure this out. I have no I have doubt. <laughs> I have a little moral dilemma with the monetization piece because it's because my mission is so connected to inspiring and empowering people. <laughs> I'm censoring myself as I'm speaking. I know it's BS and I know it's, it's, but, but there, I do have this moral dilemma with, you know, I just, I don't, I don't want to sell stuff. I want to give stuff. <laughs> but, but you know, when you go to the grocery store and you said, I would like to take this bread I, away no, and they're going to go, we would like to give it to you, but I there's a value know, to I our bread. Know, I know it's an exchange of value and I know it's tied to my other limiting beliefs. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm getting there. I promise. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm sure you believe me when I say I have a full blown business plan with three revenue streams. It's a trifecta. Like I have, I, I, I know how it, I'm just, I'm like, mm, I don't want to do that yet. I don't, I don't want to do it this way. There's gotta be an, me, I'm figuring it out. Listen, you know what? That's okay. That's absolutely okay. I am so glad that you are at this stage on our podcast because <laughs> how many of our listeners are going to be sitting there having the same thoughts that you are? And now I'm going to what point them to the website <laughs> and they're going to go, she's speaking my language. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see. 
We shall see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll circle back in six months, 12 months. And I'm going to say, okay, how did you resolve this moral dilemma that you, you were facing, you know, third quarter, gotta, fourth quarter, go. 2020, post, back into COVID? Yeah, I'm getting there. And I think, I think that's an important lesson, actually, um, for the high achievers and the entrepreneurs and, and really anyone on, on this life journey is, you know, we're all always just figuring it out. Like no yeah. one has it all figured out, figured out. You know, I know, I know we like to present this like, you know, persona of like, oh, I, I've figured it all out. No one has, <laughs> you know? And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm figuring it out. And that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am, I am so glad I'm, I am curious about how, um, I, when exactly did you start it? So when did you Yoga? start the site? Yeah. Um, I want to say early 2016. Okay, so how have you seen it develop in the last two years and, and, or I could say almost last four years? And so, and how do you think COVID has impacted that? And what adjustments have you had to make? I'm mean, not from so, a monetary standpoint, just maybe just from, a, yeah. you know, no, helping no. people and walking, working them through. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so it's, it's, actually grown really nicely. Um, I, I mean, it is free, so it's easier said, you know, it, a lot of people will say, well, it's free. So of course you have, you know, but um, I've had a steady, 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 good pace growth from day one of the website. I have over, I think 30,000 subscribers now to the wow. site itself um, with just really, you know, organically mostly i mean I, you know i took out one or two facebook ads a couple of years ago um i find that um again it's 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 this balance right so i think when 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 the pandemic first hit when covid first hit there was like this rush of this is exactly the type of content people want and need right now so there was this like surge actually mm -hmm. And then I feel like the market kind of got inundated with those types of content and that yep. type of content um, because other people recognize that too. And, and so anyone- And they were home with a lot of time on their hands. Exactly. <laughs> and a laptop. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, there's this thing about like cliches, right? I love cliches because if you look at the heart of a cliche, it's really, it's these universal truths that are so true and mm -hmm. profound but they become cliches because they're overused so much and right. they lose their novelty and they, you know, and that's kind of, I think where we're at in the online content world. Um, that's not to say it's a bad thing. I think it's great that there are so many people out there and resources out there and choices out there for people to get not only information, but transformation. And we're, we're sort of in the middle of this, transition from the information age into the transformation age, you know, personal development and concepts of well-being and wellness are seeping into the mainstream and corporate culture alike more and more, which is phenomenal and fantastic. Um, and online education is now becoming the new norm, which mm -hmm. was, you know, that was my concept for COPA from day one. And now, right. you know, I'm seeing it come alive in, in real time. Mm -hmm. And I think the COVID and the pandemic just accelerated those processes that were happening anyway. Right, right. Um, so what happens when I guess something gets accelerated is there's, there's a little bit of 
I feel right now like an overflux and it, it, there's like almost like, whoa, you know, it's also like this, again, a balanced thing of, you know, input and output. Like I think there's so much consumption we can do and, and consumption, not necessarily in a bad way, not meaningless consumption, but consuming, there's so much brilliant information and people and resources and stuff to be inspired by, right? And to take in and at the hands of like our phone and our computer and that's amazing, but we can get too focused on the consumption and the intake that we forget to create and do our own output and process and make it into our own ideas. Right. So I think, I think it's like this, this, this pivotal point within this larger transitional trans, uh, transitional phase right now that we're going through specifically in the world and then specifically on the online sort of per digital industry and also within that within the online personal development industry where there's so much output by the creators and the coaches and the mm -hmm. people who are in the space and there's people are home so there there's so much consumption and so there needs to be more of an equilibrium of those two um so like I said, for, for my part of how I'm sort of responding to that and partaking in that with SIOPA, I've kind of slowed down some of my outputs right. to my audience and I'm, I'm, and I'm working on my output and input for myself to then come up, you know, developing new stuff that can, I can offer them. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that um, people are more... Um, receptive to um and, and they just have more time quite frankly to read your emails to, to to click on the article to click on the video and watch it um and that's amazing because you know in the day-to-day -day hustle bustle busy lives of most people they don't take the time to take a moment and like let me wait let me reconnect with this idea let me reflect on this and what yeah. do i really want and you know, so I think they're more aware as well. I think they're more aware of their own need. A hundred percent. You know, in the because well, I, I've seen that in like the last, you know, two or three years, maybe last five years, really it yeah. kind of came came to the forefront. So yeah, um, I'm I'm really anxious to circle back with you in in about maybe twelve months and and just to see the decisions you made. But as I I could sit here and ask you questions all day. But as as we wrap up today, just just yeah. kind of give us the you know, the one line heart behind, you know, SIOPA, what if, if you were describing this in an, in an elevator and, you know, in two sentences, what would you say if people were saying, tell us the ethos of the DNA, you know, that you've tried to instill in this from the beginning? Yeah. Um, it's to remind people, first of all, to come back home to themselves and really live their truth and who, like really figure out what they want because only you each person can answer that for yourself um you know there's i'll just quickly say there's this um book by bonnie ware she did a blog she was taking care of people who were dying for years and then she wrote a blog and then it became a book about the five top regrets of the dying and the yeah. number, one, number one and i refer to this in the chapter in the book i wrote the number one top regret of people was that they wish they had lived the life that they wanted to live, their dreams, their truth, you know? And I think, I think that's the most tragic thing 
that can happen in this in this life in this physical world right because we are in this physical world yes we're spiritual beings but we are in these in this physical world for a reason and i think if you get to the end of your life and you realize that that's what you got wrong that you didn't actually live your life your dreams your truth that's just tragic man that's just mm. tragic, you know and so i always say to people it starts with just do more of what you love and be more of who you love so that's kind of the integration of you know being more of who you love is connecting with your truth and all that and the personal development principles and your own personal growth being a spiritual being in this physical world and being a physical being with your own identity and real world stuff. Yeah. Uh, but also just going out and literally doing stuff that lights you up, that you connect with, whether it's as your profession or as your hobbies or both mm -hmm. in any way. And that could mean whatever you want it to mean. It could mean having coffee with a friend and talking about the meaning of life. It could mean going and taking a dance class. But again, whatever connects you with yourself and makes you feel good. Like we're not here to suffer. We're here to feel good. You know, there, we will suffer. Like that is inevitable. That is a right. part of it. So why not do more stuff that actually feels good and feels right and lights you up? That's really what it's about. So the ethos of Siopa is inspiring, empowering, and promoting people to do just that. And in the process, hopefully, you know, not hopefully, I think it's, it's it, if you do that, you will end up living your life with purpose, passion, meaning, and fulfillment. And I think that's what we all want, you know, and, and you'll end up realizing your dreams in the real world and achieving those goals and all that great stuff that comes with it, you know? What a great way to wrap up today. And, and they can learn more at seopa.com, uh, S-E-Y-O-P-A.com. Yes, Siopa, S-E stands for C's, Y-O is for your, and P-A is for passion. C's your passion. So we will make sure that that is in the show notes. And Rachel, just thank you for just taking the time today. It's been, it's been um, a delight to have you on the show and, and just to, to actually watch you come alive, you know, <laughs> as you were talking about this. So, uh, and, and I love the fact that you're, you, it really is an early stage. You know, you're, you're, you've been in business for four years, but it's still a very much an early stage in the startup phase of what it, what it will become. But uh, just thank you for taking the time and just sharing with us and just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Rachel, have a great day. Thanks, Kevin. That was fun. <laughs> Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.